This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me, the number one hunting, shooting and fishing podcast in Australia. Uh, thanks, guys, for supporting the show. I really appreciate it. All the people that are on Patreon. If you want to get podcasts early and you want to support on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash AHP. Uh, you get some extra goodies there. You'll get all the podcasts in advance from everybody else. And that money goes to supporting the show. Coming up on the show, we've got Raphael Bongerman. Now, he wants me to call him Bongo, which is just an awesome, awesome name. Uh, Bongo uh, has written into the show before. He's actually sent in voicemails into the show as well, which you'll hear during this podcast. And he's from Uganda. He uh, came here studying on a studying visa, and he ended up staying. And he loves his hunting, loves his shooting, loves getting his free-range meat. He's a big deer hunter, and we talk about lots of different things. We talk about what he hunts in Australia. Uh, the hunting laws and what happens in gun laws over in Uganda. Uh, we talk about all those things. We talk about, you know, big game hunting. We talk about a lot of different things. And this episode was recorded live at the iHunt Expo in Sydney, which was on September 16th and 17th. So you might obviously hear some background noise, but uh, the podcast was absolutely fantastic. And when I saw Bongo uh, at the show, I remember... Muzz uh, was telling me, got to get Bongo on the show because we met him at the SSAA Sydney branch AGM. And I love that culture. I love the fact that, you know, he gets out there and does it. There's a different culture between Australia and over in Uganda. And uh, to get someone's perspective about that was totally awesome. And he puts a, I don't know, I get this feeling that he, he's sort of an organic hunter, if that makes sense. It comes natural. I've never actually met anyone like Bongo before. And uh, I think you'll really, really actually enjoy this show. Uh, with me was Sean again from the Sydney Militia as well. He was, uh, joins me on the show uh, at the live at the iHeart Expo to help me out. He was interviewing with me as well, which was awesome. I want to thank Sean for his help uh, being with me on the booth at the iHeart Expo, helping me out uh, interviewing people. So thanks, Sean, for that. Really appreciate it. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. So without further ado, let's get into it. Episode 161, Ugandan Hunting Culture, with Raphael Bongerman, live at the iHunt Expo. You'll listen to Australia's number one hunting, shooting and fishing podcast. All right, guys, we're here at the iHunt Expo, and we have our friend Bongo. How you going, mate? Thanks for joining me. No worries. Thanks well, for having me. Mate, tell us, I guess, why'd you come here today to the iHunt Expo here at the Dome in Sydney? Uh, I've always had a, um, I'm a hunter, so I always felt that I need to upgrade my um, 308 uh, ticker um, varmint. The last time I used it in the Victorian high mountains, it was damn heavy, so I feel I need a light <laughs> firearm. <laughs> yeah. Did you end up buying one yet? Did you buy a new one? No, I'm actually going around. I'm actually thinking about the, um, the new ticker, um, the, the T3X. There's a new one they yep, have out, yep, yep. which is supposed to be lighter and feed it from the top. So yeah. yeah. And the issues I've had with the old one is that when I have tried to... Once I have scared a deer off while I was trying to load it quietly... 
and it always clicked in. So what sold me on the current one is that you can drop one right from the top into the magazine. So Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. always handy, yeah. Always handy. Mate, tell us, uh, I want to find out, because we spoke at the uh, SSAA AGM, Sydney Branch AGM. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about your background in hunting, mate. I guess you've also a cultural background as well and mm-hmm. how, how important hunting is where you actually came from. Yeah. Originally, I'm from Uganda. So um, I always say that hunting in my family skipped a generation because my dad, my granddad was an avid hunter. So the stories he used to tell me growing up about hunting the buffaloes and all that, as a kid, they were quite interesting to hear. But at the same time, I always remember hearing that, damn, I'm not going to put myself in that situation because <laughs> he had been chased up trees and things like that. And then when I was old enough to start hunting, that's when I came to Australia as a student. So my hunting only started in Australia, basically. Really? Yeah, wow. A, because in the Australian bush, it's way safer than the bush where I'm from. Because <laughs> yeah. in the uh, African where I'm from, if you are caught out at night, you have to sleep in a tree, literally. <laughs> you really? don't want to spend wow. night so there's no camping in tents or anything like that if you do you have to really <laughs> you have to have one person sleep and the other person stay up type thing wow really the animals basically yeah. so that was when I was growing up so but the only thing I have to worry about in the Australian bush is the kangaroo or this or that's and the why. snakes and the snakes yeah. what what um, species of animals when you were actually over from Uganda what do they normally hunt over there what, what, what was general you know hunting game like over there what species did you hunt the ones you can easily hunt are the various species of antelope. So you have the cob, the, el- the eland, the springbok, and those sorts of things. Obviously, hunting the elephant and the, and the zebra are quite expensive, and you have to feed a whole village. So it's the deer which you mainly go for, and they're easier to hunt. Yeah. What, um, uh, when you came here, I guess, how long did it take you to get into hunting when you were here in Australia? It actually took me a decade. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> really? when I came, I, I, I lived in Canberra first for my first three months. And it took me 10 years start and stop because the rules were kind of onerous. I did not know exactly how to approach it. Yeah. You know, it, there were so many moving parts. You had to do this, you had to do that. So it took me 10 years to finally say, okay, you know what, stuff it. Let me just do this. So. Yeah, I think that's a big problem in Australia with the laws and the regulations and stuff. I think they're intentionally written that way to yeah. discourage people to getting to, um, exactly. into, into firearms. It's written either to discourage you from joining yeah, yeah. or to encourage you or to leave. Just, yeah, give, you, give up, you know. So um, did you actually get uh, your, your gun license specifically to hunt or did you, did you, were you interested in target shooting as well? It was basically hunting because the reason why after 10 years I had to get it, I had actually enrolled in a post-grad. Right. And since I was working at the time, I had to pay for it. Everything was coming really expensive, so yeah. I needed to start saving. So I felt the best way to save is to hunt for my meat. <laughs> oh, so, good, good. Exactly. Yeah, it's a good... So uh, that's how I got into it. So my grocery bill literally went, I literally shaved off over 70% of my grocery bill. Yeah, awesome. Because of the fridge full of meat, I just needed a sack of rice and I'm, in, uh, I'm good to Ready go. Ready to rock and roll. So I that's went awesome, th- eh? Yeah. And yeah. the key thing was the game council because I remember stumbling on an ad of public land hunting. Yeah, yeah. So that literally put everything together. I'm like, I no longer need to go and network with private landowners. I just yeah. get my R license and so... Around that time, that's when I got my license. Um, when, when did you actually get your, uh, your DPI license? I got my R license about, I think, a year, I remember it was a year before they shut the game council. When did, no, no, yeah, I think two years. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, so about a year before that happened, that's yeah. when I 
did finally get it. Yeah, I, I love public uh, land hunting, and I mean, we're just talking on um, a podcast. I think it was yesterday about yeah. it. And if you don't have access to private land, I think it's great. Exactly. You know, because you can get out there, and um, I'd like to see some of the um, state forests closer to Sydney uh, opened up. I know we exactly. got the Langlo, which is a little bit um, probably a little bit overpopulated, but there's one next door. I think is it Pennsylvania or something yeah. like that next door. We could go in there. I don't see many exactly. people going in there when I drive past. Going down I think Belangelo is actually south, isn't it? South. It's, it's towards Canberra, but yeah. I, yeah. Am I, it's I good, thought good, it was good for me. Is Pennsylvania? Isn't Pennsylvania? Oh, west, I might, isn't I it might be. Yeah. I might be. I might be. Have good, the wrong name, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Belangolo, I think, is only bow hunting, if I'm not mistaken. During the week, yeah. We're, yeah. We're talk, I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday about that. I, I didn't even realise they'd opened it up. Um, do you know why they... Th- I reckon it's because... There's a lot of deer down there. I know, but Belangolo, I think, was obviously where Ivan Malat was, yes, remember? So I, remember I think, I think yeah. it's a bit of a political thing why you can't use... For, I'm not saying yeah. it is, yeah, but, but it that's could be. collective guilt. Yes. Yeah, we shouldn't be blamed for that. It's just the same as like 1996. But I guess you know? Belangolo is synonymous with that, isn't it? Really? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the collective guilt, I mean, to go off topic, obviously seems to be part of the, um, if I, for lack of a better word, the Australian yeah. psych. Look at what happened to the um, King's Cross. They shut down the entire precinct because two guys yeah. Pun- yeah, punching people, punching yep. people yeah. and everyone has to pay for it. Yeah, so, yeah. When you go out and you're hunting these animals, you, I know you, you're pretty keen on eating the whole animal, isn't that right? So tell us about what parts people wouldn't normally eat that you enjoy making nice, delicious meals out of. Well, the first thing we do, because I usually hunt with a good mate of mine called Phil. I actually met him during. <laughs> that sounds a, um, so Aussie, doesn't I it? Know. Phil. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I actually met met him during one of the um, ADA um, training things at um, Mount Kira. So we usually, because he's the one guy who has the same zeal for hunting as I do, I could yeah. call him up on a Wednesday and say, "Can we go this weekend?" And he'll usually say yes eight yeah. times out of ten. So to answer your question, usually what we have in camp are the innards, so the heart, the liver, the kidney. That's the stuff you eat immediately in camp because they spoil quick. Right. So a recipe I got is, um, what's his name? That English chef who swears a lot. Um, Gordon uh, Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay, Ramsay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Him, he has a, um, a recipe online you can get on YouTube. It's called, is it Hunter's Breakfast, which is literally liver. He makes it with onions and bruschetta and all that sort of stuff. Oh, so wow. Sounds tasty. Yeah. It is. So that's the first thing you eat in camp. Yeah. Other innards, and, and what about like um, cutting the deer up and and um, butchering it? How did you learn to do that? Was that just on the fly, or did you attend some courses? Or no, again, for where I'm from, Uganda, yeah. every every animal you eat, you had to buy it when it was alive. Ah, oh, right, whether okay, it was a chicken, yeah. a goat. So yeah. that's when I was growing up because I came to Australia in the yeah. year 2000. So prior to 2000, yeah, we yeah. didn't have. Um, Pre-packed meat like you'll get in Woolworths. Yeah, so yeah. if you wanted to eat a chicken, you went and bought it. If you wanted to eat a goat, you went and bought it and slaughtered it at home. So it's something I grew up looking yeah, at. Yeah, it come naturally, basically. It came yeah, naturally. Yeah. So, so when I came, it was just a continuation of the same. How much different is hunting, do you think, here in Australia compared to where you're from? Is it a big difference? Yes, yes. In, in, in what ways? In the attitude. First of all, we don't have... And I know it's very difficult to, um, it's not good to generalize, but you don't have any anti-hunters because everyone eats meat and they yeah. know, and those who don't eat meat usually have no issues with other people eating meat. Yeah. We've got a big culture war here in Australia exactly. and Western countries as well too. That exactly. They want to try and destroy hunting, you know. Like, exactly. Yeah. And we also do realize because, I mean, and part of the reason is we accept that you have to... Um, manage your wildlife because the best example i can give this is a segue is when i was probably 10 years old the population of my country was about no one else 10 when i was two 
we were about 9 million, 10 million. Today I'm in my 30s and we're about 30 million, so we have actually tripled in my lifetime. Wow. And that has put an immense, and we've lost 26% of our forest because the more people you have, you need more land to That's eat right, and yeah, all yeah. that. Hence, people do realize, like when I see all this rubbish about trophy hunters, and I mean, people yeah. have no idea. I actually support it 100% yeah. unequivocally. So do I, so do we. Yeah, I, I support it as well. I too. mean, provided obviously it's done sustainably. Exactly. Of course. Yeah. exactly. But people don't realize when you actually put you know, a price on an animal, it actually makes it a resource, you know, and people don't yeah. realize that. And, and, and if we just, like, if, you, if we were in these countries, and I've, I, you know, I don't claim to know, you've obviously mm. lived there. Um, if we all of a sudden don't put a price on these animals, I mean, and then all the game parks just shut up shop, who's going to, I mean, do the governments generally, sometimes the governments, as you know, have in the past or even currently mm-hmm. can be corrupt. They're not going to spend billions of dollars on wildlife conservation. Exactly. No way. We need the money coming from the game parks to stop the poachers and to put a, putting a price exactly. on the animal gives the animal some worth. Exactly. But not only that, worth. but they say over, at least in my country, which is typical for most African countries, the majority of the animals don't live in the game parks. They keep moving around. Yeah. So if you have an area, like I said, which was cleared for farming, because that's what happens when your population explodes, yeah. you, you can't leave forests. So you have an area which was cleared for, for, for farming. Yeah. So now, and a lot of these people is hand-to-mouth existence. So if you have your patch of coffee, which you're going to sell, yeah. if you hear there's an elephant in the neighborhood, you're obviously going to get your guns out because yeah. if they clear your patch... You starve. That's right, yeah. I've actually heard that um, a lot of these animals were going to be shot anyway. Exactly. Um, because they're, they're pests or they're damaging the farmers' um, fences or crops, like you're saying. Exactly. So, I mean, would you rather have game wardens go and shoot the animal for nothing or would you rather go and sell that experience for whatever, fifty, exactly. sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 to somebody to come in and do it? Exactly. And then everybody wins. It's a win-win in my, in my opinion. I know it's a quite a complex topic, so it's something I'd, I would yeah. happy to discuss, but it's really, it's just, a, just even goes deeper than just a lot, you see. Just to conclude, the other thing you also have to look at is the um, bushmeat axis of it. Because even if you stopped all the hunting, all the poaching, the thing that literally is decimating the numbers is the bushmeat. You have the, the native who feels it's his right to go and hunt and eat meat, and he's done that for thousands of years. So, yeah. And those are the guys who are clearing out the animals, not the poachers, not the hunters. Oh, I didn't so, know that. What are, what are the average people like? Let's say it was either your dad or your grandfather when they went out to hunt. Did they did they need permits to go hunting, or it was just that mm. there's the land we just go hunting? Like it, you know, over here we've got yeah. licenses, we've got fishing licenses. Oh, I mean, yeah, is it regulated over there? Is like it heavily regulated no, for the, the average the, person. Now it should be because if you look at it in historical perspective, you can draw a parallel with the Aboriginals here because the Aboriginals have their right to go and eat bush tucker, right? Yeah, yeah. So they can go and hunt their kangaroos. Even in the Northern Territory, they can hunt. There are things they can hunt. Dugongs, which you can't hunt, which is not an issue now. But let's say in 20 years, if the numbers of Aboriginals now increase tenfold and they start increasing the the, the take of those animals, then you have to start regulating them. Now, 100 years, I mean, let's say 100 years ago when there were only about, in my tribe, let's say there were only about 100,000 people and they're taking probably only about a hundred elephants. Let me give you an example. A yeah. hundred elephants every month. If we're now ten million people, and you're going to take about a thousand, yeah. so that's where. The, so now, in the past, they never used to do that. So that's where the problem comes in. Let, let, let me answer it like this. I've always heard your debates on fishing licenses, oh. where you've always hunt, you've always fished 
no issues. Now they want to introduce a tax. Yeah. Same thing. You go to this tribesman who has always hunted without any issues, and all of a sudden the government wants to come and tell me, you know what? You can only hunt this animal. You can only hunt that. Yeah. It's the same kind of issues over yeah. there. Yeah. They think it's their birthright. Would you like to advertise on one of the most tech-savvy mediums on the internet? Then why don't you advertise with us on the Australian Hunting Podcast? If you have a product or business that you would like to promote, then we would love to hear from you. Become one of our partner advertisers by calling Jason on 0425 881 967 or email australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. How would you like to win an all-expense-paid trip to the U.S. to hunt the elusive Ordad sheep of the wild southwest? Burris Optics and Beretta Australia are giving away one fully guided Ordad hunting trip to the lucky owner of any recently purchased Burris Optic. For your chance to win, purchase any Burris scope, sight or binos from your favourite firearms dealer and enter the competition. But hurry, offer ends December 15, 2017. For more info, visit the Burris Australia Facebook page or Google Bag Yourself a Burris. Good luck and happy hunting from Burris Optics and Beretta Australia. How, how do you justify, like, say, a super troll, like trawling off mm-hmm. you know, the, the coast of, of um, say, Sydney or wherever they do their super trawling, but then they come and kick somebody's butt? But for, anyway, well, we spoke about this on the last show. I'm not yeah. sure if you listened yeah. to it, where uh, it was Al McGlashan, the fishing guy. Now, yeah, yeah. on the last show, he said... If I want to, if I want to uh, fish for Jewfish, for an example, right? There's a 70 centimeter. I, I can't catch one over 70 centimeters and keep it. Oh, sorry, it and has no. to be minimum 70 yeah, centimeters. Yeah. Yet trawlers, it can be up to 45, and they can take it. Yeah. So, okay, if I if I go out there and use a net, like I could get what a thousand a day. Mm-hmm. I don't know whatever, whatever's being caught in the net and the bycatch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but yet the wreck fisher can only take his seventy. So I mean, how ridiculous is that? And I've got nothing against commercial fishermen. Yeah. We, we want to eat seafood; it's part of what we do. Yeah. We have to expect that. Of course, there has to be commercial fishing if we want to eat seafood. But that's the whole point of it. If uh, wreck fisher is probably I don't know what percentage they'd be responsible for, but the government's own figures say that when I go fishing, not even one percent. When mm-hmm. they go fishing, exactly, yeah. will get their bag limit. So if the bag limit, let's say, is ten brim in a day, one percent chance in my crew that we're actually going to get the bag limit mm-hmm. of say ten per person. Yeah, right. So I, same I've, thing with flathead, same thing with all species. Yeah. That's the government's own. Look, I've, I've got limited experience with fishing. I don't go fishing a lot. It's just mainly with the kids. You know, yeah. the kids will go down, and throw a line in, and they might pull one or two fish out. I didn't even know there was a bag limit. To be honest with you, you know, exactly. like I'm happy, yeah. but I'm happy with the bag limits. But like, you know, this when you've probably hunted in Victoria, same thing. Deer species in New South Wales are a game species, and you can only hunt them on certain times of the year. Yet in Victoria, I can hunt them year round. Yet it's a pest in Queensland. You know? <laughs> yeah. and then you'll have like I'm not saying the Australian Deer yeah. Association over here, but you'll have all different types of yeah. organisations agreeing with many different things. I'm like, a deer that much different in Victoria come 800 kilometres north and they're different mm-hmm. again? Yeah. Then come another 800 kilometres north to Queensland and go, they're a pest? I mean, there's plenty of, as you know, plenty of hunting opportunities in Queensland for deer and they're classified as a pest 24 hours a day, seven yeah. days a week hunting deer. Shoot them under lights, all sorts yeah, of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It's just ridiculous, you know? And then there's a lot of fights trying to keep them as a... I yeah, no, it's it. There's a lot of hands in the pie. Hands isn't in the pie. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've, I've, I, I kind of believe in the credo that the deer should be a game species because yeah, yeah. that's how I look at it. Because yeah. I think that our, our license system and is 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 funded yeah, through licenses. Yeah. yeah. So if if you get the deer out of the equation, you know. What What, what about having a, as it as a game species, but being allowed to use a caller or a feeder? Yeah, we spoke a lot about shoot that. under under lights. You know, like 
They're not easy to get. Mm-hmm. Normally. Don't forget, I took five years to get my first deer in them, <laughs> yeah. but don't forget. So, and people say, oh, you know, you shouldn't be able to. That's not hunting. Well, yeah. hang on. If it's, I mean, I'm happy to keep it as a game. People think I yeah. want to turn yeah, yeah. them into a non-game species. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is if, you know, like in America, you know that. In America, exactly. they yeah, use feeders. a lot of feeders. They yeah. use, um, and, and, and you know what? It gives people some interaction, not just because I've mm-hmm. been out and going, well, you know, if I'm a hunter, I persisted because I've got a bit of a drive that I wanted I'm to not. get one. But if I wasn't persistent, I'd go out and go, oh, okay, Stuff well, this. I saw, yeah. I missed one. Ah, forget it, mate. And then if I'm not joining the DPI and people aren't continuing coming yeah. into it and numbers keep falling, eventually they'll say, this is not working. We're just mm-hmm. going to get rid of it. So I just wish they'd open up more avenues and options. If you don't, if you want to hunt with a rifle, great. Yep. Mm-hmm. If I want to put my game game camera out on a feeder just to see what's coming into the area yeah, and get yeah. some interaction, and then maybe if you want to sit over that later on, they're coming in. And, but even then, as That's you know... That's how they do it in the US, got, isn't it? Yeah, of course, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, but yeah. they're not always going to be there every single day necessarily yeah, yeah. either. You know, like, <laughs> I know what you mean. No, no, yeah, um, I, I can use rattling antlers, mm-hmm. but I can't use a Bluetooth game call yeah. you know, to, yeah. to call it. You know, yeah. like, they just think if I use an electronic call, deer are just going to... Yeah. I'm going to turn around. There's a thousand <laughs> exactly. deer. Come over and start having like, heart attacks. It doesn't on happen. I know. I'm not religious about it, but as long as it's yeah. the game, I know what you mean. Callers, it could make life a bit easier. You know what I mean? Because yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know how many times I've driven hours and come back empty-handed. Yeah. I still love the, the trip. Yeah. 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 But I know what you mean. Feeders and callers could could help. But it's so, just, you know, it's just another tool in the pack, so to speak. Yeah. You know, to so to become I, more successful. I should probably know this, but um, on private land at night time, are you allowed to actually shoot a deer? Under lights in, on private no, land no. in New South Wales. Is it? I'm not sure. I'm prob- I can't. They, I'm not sure. They always could get an exemption yeah, from right. the DPI. So yeah, I right. know with this. So new what, what if you were coming out to, to my property? I didn't. I wasn't able to actually go out there that night, and you wanted to take a deer. Um, you'd need to get in contact with the, the DPI I to get permission. Not, not one the, the owner. The, not not me. The I think the, the yeah, owner. The owner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but okay. if we're on public land, I mean, you can't hunt at night anyway. I, I, so. I can understand public yeah. land. Yeah. There might be an argument for only shooting them during the day. That's fine. But on private land, I don't see any problem why you shouldn't be allowed to shoot deer. But don't forget, they did make a change. Remember, probably about. Was it about two months ago, I think? They came out, remember, certain areas? Yeah, and this, new, off the, this, off the new, um, this new um, program with the um, deer management where you That's can right, go to yep. certain local areas and yep. the rules are suspended. Yeah. Because, like I said, if, I didn't answer the question, but the difference between hunting back home when you're hunting, hunting a native animal which has quotas yeah. as opposed in Australia where everything you hunt is introduced. So provided like deer, if you hunt them within the season, yeah. you can shoot even a thousand of them if you could. But yeah. if you're hunting back home, you have to get a tag. You don't have a tag, you can't hunt. So yeah, right. Kind of like kangaroos here. Exactly. Yeah. But you still don't get any of the numbers because during the, um, like when they banned the trophy hunting of lions, and I remember when Greg Hunt, I think he was the guy at the time. Yeah, environment minister. The environment minister at the time had this whole spill about how he was being convicted and all this rubbish. The reason why it kind of reson- the reason why it kind of pissed me off in a way was you have an Australian environmental minister who every year sets a quota of about two million native animals to be shot, usually for pet food. Yeah. In various states, you know, look at the quota in in New South Wales. It was under the S something license where farmers can shoot kangaroos, wombats, or whatever. So about 10% of that population was, was due for culling. Yeah. And this is in the millions, right? Then you have an African country that only sets a quarter of five lions every year, yeah. as opposed to two million. Five lions in total for the in whole total, country. In total, yeah. And the way it's done is... That sounds hypocritical, doesn't it? It definitely is. So, yeah. you have a, so 
even though the quota is two million, I don't. I'm not saying that they get two million. It's yeah. kind of like he was saying. Yeah, you yeah. have recreational fishers have a quota, but they rarely meet that quota. But if you go to each state and look at what the quotas they give to shoot kangaroos or whatever it is, yeah. and you tally that up and look at one African country and five lions. I don't know how many elephants, but everything is under twenty in yeah. number. Yeah. So you have an Australian environmental minister. Like, I think in New South Wales, over 200, was it 200,000 kangaroos? There's a really ridiculous number yeah. that's being shot. So, to me, it almost looks like you do as we say, but not as we do type yeah, thing. It's also very easy to virtue signal exactly. in the media, you know? Like, exactly. Have you been on any hunts recently, mate? Or? Not of recent. The last one I went to on was the, um, I had gone pheasant hunting in Victoria. And oh, yeah. Ooh. That was, when was what, that? shotgun? Yes, I went oh, with my awesome. Frankie Phoenix over awesome, and under. yeah. I did that one, I think, in August. So the next That's on a game farm, isn't it? The game farm, I it's think. That's pr- it was private, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was really good driven. It was, it was conducted like a traditional English shoot, so yeah, you have to yeah. go dressed up and all that. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. They had yes. Bongo in the full oh, English to, uniform. With the, um, the golf, the yeah, hat the and hat. all that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really good. And if you haven't eaten yeah. pheasant, it's some of the best stuff I've eaten. Really? Right. Really good. What are, the, are the freezers still full at the moment with deer, or are they getting empty? It's actually, I have just one strip of backstrap left. So, yeah. ADA, so I'll be going on my next hunt the October long weekend. Oh, yeah. No, yep, so are we, actually, yeah. In yeah. a couple of weeks' time. Yes, yeah, so yeah. we are doing Victoria. Ah, what are you going after? Moro- uh, that's Samba. What chances do you think you have of getting a Samba? Pretty pretty because we got to Morocco Junction. I don't know if you've been there, but the last no, time I yet. went, it was my first time to go there, and I managed to get a deer. Yeah. The thing with that area is you're constantly hearing them honking. Seeing them is another issue, but you're constantly hearing yeah. them honking. So it's almost like you're paying cat and mouse. Yeah. So my chances are better than average of getting one. Let me put it like that. Yeah. So. And, and how far do you normally shoot to, uh, to take these deer? Is it over 100 meters, 200, 300 meters? What do you, what do you normally zero your rifle at? I zero it at 100 because most of the yeah. areas I shoot, it's usually 100. Yeah. But at the Morocco, you have to basically 200 is usually yeah, thinking, right. yeah. So 100 is my sweet spot. Great. So 200 max. Yeah. I find I'm not good in a, in a freehand standing position shooting. Same here, I've either yeah. got to use a tree or lie on the mm-hmm. ground or find a good, good scouting spot and just wait there for a no. couple of hours, see if I see any movement throughout the day. Just terrible. <laughs> no, no. I, I used to be crap at standing, but I now, every time I go to the range, I now been training, doing the drills, so I'm very comfortable shooting Great. standing because I figured as a deer, I used to be a goat hunter, so a goat hunter, that didn't mind. You had yeah. enough time to get into position, sneaks, crouch, but when it's yeah. a deer, you sometimes don't get that opportunity. If you do move, they will see you, so I have been training Incessantly, is that with your your ticker, the, the with the heavy barrel? Yeah, so that's yeah, why I right. need it. That's why I need. That's yeah. why I've been doing a bit of push-ups as well because yeah, yeah. it's. I'm very competent now. Good, as good as I am. You reckon you can hit something out to 200 meters standing up free-handed? No, 100. 100 meters. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Not 200. Yeah. <laughs> what caliber did you say you had? 308. 308. Yeah. yeah. When are you going to get your new one? Uh, your new rifle? What are you? Um, what 308 as well? No. Just going to light it? No. no. Oh, he's going a big banger. I probably want to try a 338. Really? Wow. wow. Samba for yeah, the right. Victorian. That's what I want to get yeah. this time around. Pricey so. on ammo. Is it pricey? Yeah. How pricey yeah. is that? Um, oh, my mate was looking at getting one um, uh, a few years ago. I think it was like 90 bucks or something like that for, yeah. for, for, for the cheap stuff. And Actually, it but might I have even been 180 bucks for 20 rounds. 
because he, he was looking at a three three eight Lapool, one of those um, Barrett things. And I'm no. pretty sure he said it was about 180 bucks for 20 rounds. I don't no, know. To I, be I worth it, yeah, yeah, because my hunting because I've gotten more and more into hunting because yeah. my hunting calendar is full as well. Because besides August, where I do um, pheasant in August, I usually do. I go to. Northern Territory because I have a Northern Territory license and I get oh, the really? magpie geese because the, the yeah. new season starts in October, I think end of October. I can't remember when it starts. So yeah. I do the magpie geese in, um, in NT. Oh, and you've just wow. got the hunters and live, then, haven't you? How, well, much, huh? how, how much do you reckon you spend um, on, on hunting <laughs> in, in, in a year? Rough figures. Because, I mean, I know uh, Bridget McKenzie recently um, has been talking about, uh, you know, the benefits of hunting mm-hmm. in regional um, uh, communities and stuff. Absolutely, know? yeah. Big money. Yeah. I would have to say... In a year, I'd have to say probably about, if you include like airfares and all that sort yeah, of stuff, yeah. every, the, the, everything, I probably think it could come to about 10 Gs, I think. Wow. Only because, like I said, I'll go to Northern Territory to hunt yeah. the magpie geese. On the mangoes? On the mangoes, yeah. and then yeah. sometimes I'll go into the um, to the public areas. Yeah, right. Then I also do, there's a, I think Cape Barren geese just off the coast of Tasmania. Yeah. What else? Um... There's something else I'm forgetting. Was that, the, was that the first time you've done the pheasant or you've done it before? That's the first time. Yeah. Did you yeah. enjoy it? <laughs> yes, I'm yeah. definitely... Um, How many... Was it one hunt? Is it two? How many hunts do you get for the, for the trip? Is it one, over one day, two days? It's, it's, it's over the entire day. So they have what they call drives. So in the morning, they take you to one location. So the way it's, it's on different locations. So the way they do it is location one. So each location, they release about 160 birds over you. Yeah. So you go to location one and you're, you're shooting in a line of eight people. That's the max they take. And there's like a mountain and just over the mountain they release them. So you just see them coming over the, um, <laughs> the crest. Right. So you shoot them and they're probably, like I said, 160 birds. So you yeah. literally need to load quick. Yeah, because absolutely. <laughs> Otherwise they're gone. Yeah, exactly. they're so gone. they leave them in waves, but at least it gives you enough time to shoot, 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 shoot. How many would you take in a day per person? How many would you, what's the, is there a limit? Is there a, how many? No limit. Um, because at the end of the day, see, the mistake I had made was I decided to take 20 because we shot a truckload of them. But then at the end of the mine, I have to think, how long is it going to take me to pluck these birds and yeah. all that? Horrible. So <laughs> I didn't think about that. So I got the 20, drove to Canberra because it was halfway between Sydney and, and where we we're shooting because it was colder there. So I could hang them out as I was plucking them. It took me almost two days to do that. And wow. I'm like, I'm not doing Make this. Make a good pillow. Exactly. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought they maybe would have had services on site, you know, where they can, they'd probably do it for you, but I guess not. No, it just go shoot and... Whew, Are you looking to buy a new or used firearm? Do you want to sell that safe queen to fund your next purchase? Then go to OzGunSales.com. We have over 200 registered firearms dealers, Australia-wide, and thousands of shooters using the site daily. There are over 2,500 firearms listed, so you're certain to find exactly what you're looking for. We have over 50 years of firearms industry experience, including eight years online. So why wouldn't you advertise with us? The one and only genuine original Ozguns. What about um, traveling with with firearms on on, uh, an airplane? Have you had much trouble, like when you said you went to Northern Territory and stuff like that? And what about when you've taken game up there? Do you bring it back on the plane with you? And Have you had much trouble? Now, no, because I'm much wiser. The first time I actually did it, yeah. I wasn't aware that you had to let the um, you have to let the um, the airline know a week before. 
and, right. and so I just rocked up. With guns at the airport. <laughs> That's a good look. <laughs> Did they still let you on? No, they didn't. No. No, no didn't. because... Oh, no. Did so, what, to... so what happened, because I had the guns inside my luggage. You know, yeah. the usual, so I checked that in, because I thought you had to check it in. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I checked it in, went through <laughs> beep, all that. Beep, beep, no, nothing beep. No, nothing happened when I went through the, um, you know, the boarding pass and all that, because yeah. I'd already checked it in. So as I was waiting to board the plane, you know, people are lining up to board the plane. Yeah. Mr. Bongo, I looked can you at, please come no, to the front? I didn't say that. <laughs> I looked at the, my um, phone. It had like six missed calls, private numbers. I'm like, which mate is this? So I yeah. just left. I ignored it. So as I had given my boarding pass, the chick was like, oh, just hang on. We just need to talk to you for a while. I had no idea what was happening. And then you see these federal police guys come up and they're like, you, you checked in the firearm. So I definitely gave them the whole spiel. I had no idea. I'm a hunter. I gave them all this and yeah. they didn't do anything, which was a good thing. So they wow. told me, you can't get on this plate. You have to get on the next one, which is like four hours later. Yeah. And um, and they were trying to call me on my phone. So I'm like, how did you guys get my number? Because, you know. Uh, we're all on the watch list. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they're like, no, we've been trying to call you. So shit. So I'm like, all right. Yeah. So they have wow. all our details. Did, like did, did they let you carry the firearm on the next one? They gave yes, you like a bit yes, of an I had to do all. Yes, because what you have to do is the reason why you have to tell them before. Then you have to check it in through a secured um, area. Yeah. Area. Yeah. Yeah. And when you reach the other airport, you can't get it from the carousel. You have to go to another. That's right. Area. That's right. Yeah. I've, I've done it before. I think I actually went to Melbourne duck shooting in. Uh, oh, it would have been 2011. I got an offer from a. Nice guy, Nick, and went hunting with him down there. And, yeah, I had a ring up before. Some of them actually stopped transporting firearms now. Yeah. I know some of them still do. I think Jetstar still does it, I think. I can't if remember. If you don't do it with – because it's easy if you don't check in the ammunition. So I just check the firearms. Yeah. You buy the ammunition when you get there. Because right, the yeah, issue yeah. is with the ammunition because yeah. it's explosive and all that. Yeah, so, just, yeah. so just check in the firearm and forget about the ammunition. Yeah, exactly. Buy it when you yeah. get there. When um, I went to New Zealand to pick up some uh, firearms for my contract shooting business, and when I picked the firearms up, uh, I had to get like an interim license in New Zealand, okay. and then they drove me to the airport with um, basically four Cat Ds, and then they just said, "Here you go," and they gave me four Cat Ds in two cat lock cases, and I had to sit at the airport for four hours <laughs> <laughs> before I could check them in. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's then, funny. It's funny, isn't yeah. it? Then when I went to check them in, they've gone, "Oh, is this commercial transport of, of firearms?" Mm-hmm. And they said, "We can't commercially transport firearms. You have to get it sent." And I'm like, yeah. "Guys, come on!" Anyway. When they looked into it, it turned out it was um, it was personal transport, even yeah. though it was for my for my contract shooting business. Yeah, yeah so now, I haven't flown overseas, but like my experience within Australia is that provided you let the the um, airline yeah. know, I've not really had any issues. Then when I'm in Queensland, no, when I'm in NT, then yeah. I just get the breasts off the um, the birds, freeze them, and when they're rock solid, pack them and yeah. then fly to Sydney because they are still frozen. Right, when that's get right. Yeah. 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 So no, I've not had any issues. As long as you you follow the onerous rules. Yeah. So. What do you do? You like the magpie geese in flavour? Yes. Yeah. They're really what about good. okay magpie geese or pheasant? Magpie geese, hands really? down. Really, they're <laughs> really good. Ribeye of the sky, they call exactly. it. Exactly. Really, they are yeah. really Apparently. good. No, it's really good. You should try it. What do you What do you want to hunt uh, coming up? I mean, what, have you got anything on your list that maybe you haven't hunted and you thought, yeah, I want to hunt that? Obviously, that's legal, obviously. You know, within yeah. Australia. Yeah, within yeah. Australia or even overseas. Where do you want to travel? Any other ideas of where you want to travel in the future for species again in the future? I've always, because I do watch kind of bit of Stephen Rinella, so I've always wanted to do some kind of an Alaskan wilderness type type hunt because yeah. I kind of like that whole yep. and get an elk. 
Really? Wow. That's, yeah, because I hear it's also really good eating. So that's Big animal I, too, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've seen those elk. They can get really aggressive too. Yeah. Moose and elk, really aggressive mm-hmm. animals. Yeah. Exactly. I think I just watched one the other day. It was on Facebook and mm-hmm. the guy was on his little you know, snow sled, snow, yeah. and, and he, he was trying to get rid of it and then it came up and started kicking him and jumping yeah. on his, yeah. on his uh, <laughs> snowmobile. I'm like, man, these things are crazy. Yeah. I know, yeah, because they have an enormous amount of species you can hunt over there, as you know. So besides an, an Alaskan hunt, I've always wanted a New Zealand one as well because yeah. I also like the New Zealand um, terrain and all that. So so what about when you go hunting? And um, I asked someone else uh, this yesterday. Um, when you go hunting for a specific species, if you're not having much luck, would you take a target of opportunity, say, if a fox come along, or would you sit there for the whole two, three days and just wait for that one animal? I only wait for that animal because wow. I've always thought, I've always yeah. thought that by <laughs> shooting something you spook your target. Yeah, that's you what do. I've always yeah. that's what I've always got to move into the next valley. You know, exactly. So it's I've always, for instance, um, I usually go to that area around Nando because you know there are a lot of good oh, state yeah? forests yeah. around Nando. Yeah, that's yeah. also quite good. So I've usually go there for deer, <laughs> and um, on this last hunt we're up there. The first time I've seen pigs on public land up there, so yeah. I saw about two or three of them, but I didn't. It was hard not to shoot them. Yeah, oh, mate, I would have been, especially pigs. I can't even. I can't even. I've been to so many places. I've only seen yeah. one dead pig because pigs, you know, as you know, very hard to find. Mm-hmm. Especially if you've got doggers in the area mm-hmm. as well, they can obviously pick up scent. And I've never even actually seen of all the forests I've been to. Really. Uh, I've seen diggings, yeah, yes. I've yeah. seen a lot of different things, but I've never actually seen like uh, a pack of pigs even running away, running yeah. across the road. Oh, yeah, they are diffi- they're, 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 very difficult they to find. They are difficult because, again, imagine if you see your first pig on public land yeah. and you're there hunting deer, what would you do? Oh, would you? I'd shoot the pigs. I've got to admit, because I, I, I'll tell you why, I'll tell you why, only because I haven't shot a pig before yeah. Yeah. and I wouldn't mind getting some... You know, provided mm. not disease or anything, getting some nice uh, pork meat. Yeah. I know because the reason why I probably was a bit more patient is that even when I have an unsuccessful hunt, I'm always gathering inf- intelligence, right? Yeah, so right, I have yeah. a, um, a Garmin which takes, you know, geotagged photos. So if you take a photo, you can see exactly where it was taken. Oh, yeah. So every time I'm out there, if I see a footprint, a dropping, I'll always take those pictures because when I put them in the software at home, it gives you a picture of... So if you look at... If you take, let's say, 100 pictures of footprints and you put them in your software... You can actually direction. Actually, so yeah. it actually shows you a, kind of like a direction. You see the, the, the shit, I mean, the, the, the droppings and all yeah, that. Yeah. So. That's all right. You can, <laughs> you, you can say shit on the show. It's all right. Don't worry about that. So basically, yeah. So every time... So even like where I saw the pigs, I... I I put a game camera and it kept yeah. going back. So I haven't gone back for it, but um, because every time I've gone there, always one deer. I haven't yet gone for the pig until a, a pig yeah. dog gets it. I've um I've been like had my D, uh, DPI license for like ten years, and I've only ever seen one pig, and that was only just uh, February this year, mm-hmm. was it? I think I, I was down at um down near Cara, and I went into one of the state forests down there, and just before I actually got into the state forest, he was running, so he wasn't actually in in the state forest, so we weren't able yeah. to take a shot at him. No, but I, he was massive; he was the big, probably the biggest pig exactly. I've ever seen in my yeah. life. There's an area, obviously, I'll, I'll tell you later, but yeah. one area, one <laughs> we want exact GPS yeah. coordinates yeah. No, yeah. and I'll, photos. I'll you, so it's not no. and photos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd gone hunting as well. An area, I tell you, the general area. It's around the, it's far, the Condoblin area, and this yeah. is just after yeah. this. There was, I think, there was a flood not long ago. That area was flooded, so it was full of pigs. So literally, when yeah. I was when I left Condoblin and I was going to the um, forest, where I was going to hunt. 
it's about an hour drive. Yeah. You saw numerous pigs just darting across the road. And when we got to that forest, you literally just saw, you know how you see these pictures of pigs on um, private property? Yeah. 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 That's how it was like Amazing. in that. So obviously I, I failed a few of the pigs, ate, ate a couple of them and they were really good. The young ones, the really young yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of wild pork? You like it? Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite meat if you had to pick one, say venison or whatever you've had over your time of not only hunting, I guess, here, but what about overseas? What's your favorite meat if you had to pick one? Or give us, your, say, your top two or three, I reckon. I'd have to say goat. Number one? Really? Yeah, because wow. I, I, I grew up on it. So yeah. back home, if you say, let's go and have a steak, nine times out of ten, it'll be goat. Like oh, here yeah. in Australia, if you say, come for a barbecue, if someone said, I'm going to put a steak on the barbie, it would either be lamb or beef. Yeah. yeah, most likely, most beef, likely, probably, most likely yeah. beef. Yeah. So in my place, if they ask, it's most likely going to be goat. So goat to me is more of a soft spot. I, I like it. So yeah. and it's really good if you cook it well. And so goat would be my first choice. Yep. And deer will be very close to that. Yeah. Deer is yeah. So I like eating goat, but I prefer hunting deer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's okay? Saying that, what's the the best species to hunt deer? You think for I guess what would you say, not hardness of hunting, but what do you enjoy hunting the most? I kind of like the samba because I like how hard it is, especially if you do it in um, Victoria. Because yeah. I kind of like that physical side of it. I really do like the physical nature of the hunt. So I don't mind fallow, but fallow, you know, you can lie in wait and yeah. you can get their patterns. But samba, if you ever try them in Victoria, at least where we go for our club hunts, it's, it's, it's really by the time you get to your deer, you have worked for yeah, it, yeah. literally. What about when you um, when you actually take a deer? Do you, do you um, like obviously dress it there on the spot and take the entire deer, or do you just take certain cuts off the deer? Or because um, no. some of those valleys, I'm guessing, are yeah. pretty steep and it might be difficult to pull the whole carcass okay. out. In because how I do it in Victoria is kind of different from New South Wales because yeah. Victoria it's about the country and the terrain. So yeah, in yeah. Victoria, then I'll take as much of the cuts that I like. So I like the slow okay. cooking cuts. Yeah. So I'll take the neck and the shoulder before I'll take a back strap. That's basically... Really? Right, yeah, okay. Because yeah. I like a long, slow cook. So yeah. I was, then I'll think of the back strap. But in New South Wales, where it's relatively flat and easier, yeah. I usually only gut it in the field. I don't skin it. I skin it when I get home because okay. by keeping the skin on, you yeah. keep it sterile and clean. That's right, yeah. so protects the meat, doesn't protects it? Protects the yeah. meat, so I'll only, I'll only do that when I get home. I made that mistake one time with a rabbit. I um, got it and skinned it and was rolling around in the dirt thinking I could exactly. just wash it off. Exactly. Nah. And then, nah, the dirt just sticks. Nah, <laughs> nah. Because <laughs> that rabbit yeah. went to the dog. <laughs> because a lot of the reason why I'm particular about the hygiene, I also yeah. do what I call venison diplomacy. I give out a lot of, 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 of venison to people I know who are not hunters and yeah. because of that if someone eats meat that they like yeah, yeah. they have a more favorable opinion of the hunters so that's <laughs> yeah, how I do it that's a good principle that's yeah, basically how I do it so like my ne- my neighbors yeah. and ev- to the point where they're always asking when is the next hunt because yeah, they, yeah. they like the fruits of it so if you <laughs> like the fruits of the hunt how can it be opposed to the hunt that's, that's right yeah. people re- don't realize that like I realize when I go hunting sometimes since it took me so long to get my idea, I thought that's the hardest part. But it's not really, mm-hmm. is it? It's the it's after the shot, man. It's mm-hmm. the preparation after the shot. Yeah. It's the exactly. I guess it all it all sort of turns into the point of after the shot of what happens. You know, it's all a build up, really. And when yeah, I thought yeah. about, it, I thought, yeah, the shot is really the easy part when you come to exactly. think about it. Because you know? now I have what I call a production line at home because I I have 
a mincer, so I take my mince meat out of it. I haven't, wow. I haven't started making sausages because I don't know how to do that yet. Yeah, but yeah. YouTube. Hey, there's a rat I think they're going to do yeah, a I saw sausage that. making. I saw that. So I do my, do my mince. Yeah. I get my cutlets out of it. I get my, because I like meat on the bone. Again, where we come from, yeah. it's meat on the bone. So I do a lot of sewing. I don't like getting meat off the bone. So everything is, has to be on the bone. So I'm doing a lot of sewing and I go through a lot of sew blades. Because I remember you were telling me too, remember if you do recall this actually, when I went down to the Riverina and you actually did a voicemail if you recall. Um, bone saw. Yeah, this is Bongo from, uh, he, when yeah. we actually went down south, we actually had a lamb and we, uh, yeah. he culled it for us and then we, he, we cut it up and we, we hung yeah. it first for about a week yeah. while we were on the rice field shooting ducks. And yeah. we actually thought when you hang an animal whole, why you can hang it for sometimes weeks on end without it going off. And I thought that's a very interesting thing. But yet as soon as you cut it up, yeah. mm-hmm. it, it starts going off. It starts degrading very so quickly. How, how do you it protect bo- it from the, the pests, like the um, bugs well, and stuff like well, that? Get we, into it? we actually had it in a, in a cool room. Like it was actually, it was oh, actually okay. an old Coca-Cola fridge, you know, like when you go, <laughs> you know, when you go to like yeah, Subway yeah, or yeah, something yeah, and yeah, they yeah, open yeah, up the doors yeah. and mm-hmm. we just hung it in there yeah. that's because that's all he had. Um, and then uh, it's interesting because he goes, as soon as you cut it up, it can start going off yeah. within a couple of days. And we thought, why is that? We didn't know why it was. And then yeah. Bongo actually found out it was because when you actually saw them, yeah. it's the, was it the fibers the in bone, the, the, the bone, bone dust? dust yeah. yeah, actually degrades the meat. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's rich in calcium and it, yeah. it acts as a catalyst on the muscle ah, fibers. So, I didn't know that. So that's, that's basically how it is. If you don't sew it up, you can keep it. The shelf life is literally longer than when you start to sew it up. Yeah. So okay. that's that's you can Google it, bone dust meat. And I want, I wonder if, if you're actually using like like let's say an axe and you're not getting that bone dust of it, it's just no. sore is it if it's different, is it different if you no. actually it's if 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 you used an axe then you're splintering the bone so it doesn't so it, it's it's better like it's better, that. Better, yeah. But then I tried to use a saw which has a a, a much the finer teeth are the ones which cause the dust. So oh, if you use yes. the, the bigger ones, it kind of doesn't. Yeah, so, right. Or you can hatch it with a, with a machete, but again, you don't want yeah. to eat meat and have all those splinters. When, you, when you're cooking here, going back to that just for a little bit from Uganda, do you would, what's the main cuisine over there? Is it, because at the, obviously the Africa, is it mm. a lot of curries? Is it, what is it? What do you normally eat over no, there? No, it's, it's a lot of, it's a, basically a lot of stews. So it's not, curry is a strong flavor. So it's not necessarily a lot of curries. It'll be a lot of, Long, slow cooking in, in usual soups, stews, nothing too strong, you know what I mean? You can get curries and you can get all that, but a proper stew that I would make will literally be things more on the, um, it may be more similar to the Mediterranean style where it's more delicate flavors than just, yeah. yeah. Exactly. No, it's good to hear from someone from, you know, the Africans overseas. I always love hearing about that sort of stuff, you yeah, know, like yeah. just to find out different cultures and how different. Have you ever had, have you ever had elephant meat? Ages ago. Uh, not recently. Was it tasty? Is it tasty I meat? Can't, I can't really remember, can't but remember. if I wanted to have it, there wouldn't be an issue. I, I would know where to get it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> it's just got not, a dealer. It's, it's not, it's, it's. It's kind of like kangaroo here, where it's everywhere, but it's not on your radar to get it. Yeah, so it's not yeah. it's not novel to me. So it's yeah. not something I go out of my way to get. Yeah, no, I was, just, I was just wondering if you ever, like, if I was ever overseas and I got the opportunity to have it, you can, what it would sort of taste like? Is, would it um, be? There are restaurants you can go to. One of them, which translates in English, simply means carnivore. So you can go there and get everything from a giraffe to a hippo to whatever you yeah, want. Right. They'll give it to you anything. I know Jason from uh, another guy, Jason from Hunt Catch Cook. You know Hunt Catch Cook. Yeah, I know. Yep. He uh, last year, I think, when we were at the one of the other expos, he gave me some uh, horse jerky. 
Oh. Very interesting. So horse. He actually reckons horse is actually quite a nice flavour. Really, yeah. yeah. Made in Australia? Yeah, yeah. From the, he lives in Western Australia. So, yes, yeah, so there's certain types of horses but you they, can they have. They know you can eat that. <laughs> yeah, you can eat it. Yeah, you can eat it. Yeah. I remember yeah. a few years ago, um, what, 2010 maybe, they, they were detecting horse meat in the beef. In I'm not sure Europe, if that, yeah. yeah. was it Europe? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there was a big, big controversy about it. And I'm thinking, why, why is it such a big controversy? Like, it, yeah. it, it's not so meat. Bad, it's yeah. like Farlap, the racehorse, you know. <laughs> the, the <taste laughs> Didn't he go to the glue factory? I well, know. He, <laughs> he went somewhere. <laughs> in fact, one thing I wanted to do here is camel. I haven't shot a camel and eaten one yet. He does camel as well, yeah. I haven't, camel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, camel is, I definitely want to have some in my fridge. That's definitely. I'm not sure if he makes camel jerky. I think he would. But, um, I, I know you can get camel it. in Lakemba. I know you can get oh, really? the camel. Yeah. There's a place that sells camel burgers in Lakemba. So really? I haven't tried that. We might have to make a trip over there. I've never eaten camel before. Yeah, never. definitely. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 I'll definitely have to do that. So what's coming up for Bongo? Any other excitement coming up for the future? No, not at this point, no. It's just yeah, just getting a hunting, like I said, just trying to literally get my hunting calendar up and running, you know, because everything I've done this year, it's the first time I'm literally traveling far because all my hunting is usually driving like Kondobali and Yatong and those areas. So yeah. I've, I've actually been out to Yatong. Good, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you can still hunt out there now, no. but when I was there, so, um, yeah. probably about four years ago, maybe Goats. five years ago. Oh, mate, it was Goats. goat mayhem. Yeah, no, really. We took a bu- oh yeah, we took a bunch of. They were literally running in front of the car. Exactly. The reason yeah. people didn't go out there was because it was just too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. know, like you, from Condo, I think it was about an hour, maybe and a half More, past yeah. Condo. And How many con- hours out of Sydney is it? Oh, condo nine, is like nine, nine hours. So oh, even yeah. Condo, it's still you know. Yeah. We um we go up to uh, the Bogan Shire to shoot pigs, and it's actually on a, a goat farm, <laughs> and it's it's hard to be riding your bike along and see like twenty five goats just run across the road. Yeah. You're like, yeah. can't shoot those ones, otherwise Until I might not get an invite back. Until I don't mind goat. Goat's yeah. nice. No, goat's wild goat. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, yeah. Hunt, I hunted goat a lot before I, I switched to deer. Yeah, yeah. I was hesitant because I knew how hard deer was. So in my first couple of my first year as an R licensed hunter to get my um let's say, not motivation, to, but to be motivated enough. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I used to hunt a lot of goats and I was really successful. And then, so when I switched to deer and it wasn't initially successful, I could bank on my goat hunting yeah, experience. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's a much different animal to hunt too, aren't they? Deer, I guess, are a lot, I wouldn't say smarter, but I, I guess I no. will say that. But Goat is easy. You can smell them and hear them. Yeah. And I love always seeing, sometimes we'll go out and when I've actually shot goats, I don't get to do it all the time, but it is awesome. When I've like you're looking at the side of a mountain, and then all of a sudden you see, yeah. uh, you know that Ju- we, I call them Judas goats, you know the white ones, the white ones, you know? <laughs> because you can yeah, on, you can on, see, the, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, see yeah, them yeah, a mile away. Thinking poor bastards, I you know, know why were they white? Why were they born? <laughs> they'd hate being born white. Yet yeah. the, you got the dark ones with yeah. the, the red, the you know, Blenheim, I think you mm-hmm. call it. You can't sometimes you can't really see them on the mountain side. Exactly. Because they don't, but if you got ones that got white spots, mm-hmm. forget about the it. The good so. thing with the goats, because like I said, growing up, that's what we ate back home. So you kind of know what the goat breeds are. So the Angus of the goat world is the boar. You know the boar breed of goats. Yeah. So yeah, if you just yeah. Google boar breeds, so every time I've stumbled on a herd of goats, I'll always go for that, and they're always in there. The boar breed of goats. Yeah. So they're really good. If you, if you don't have a small one, you let's say there's a couple of older ones. Will you still get them for meat? Do you mind the t- taste of the older goats, or do you prefer the smaller ones? Obviously. No, the older ones are good because if you get the older ones, they're only good for curries and things like that. So and how you handle them as well. So you'll probably age them a bit in the fridge. And curries. You wouldn't want to put an old goat, which, <laughs> which almost smells like it spent an entire day in an armpit. You don't want to put that on a grill. <laughs> that one is actually good for a, a curry. 
So what, what's the actual ideal age to, to shoot a goat and take it for meat that you, you, you think? I look for a female ideally yep. under two years. Right, okay. Yeah. And do you judge that by the size of the horns on the head? or No, the well, it's female, mate. It's female. Female. No, I know, it's obviously female, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, how do you so, tell if it's a five-year-old female or a one-year-old female, you know? like yeah, The way okay. you can Sorry, tell because... Bad, yeah. <laughs> the, the, it's, it's hard to articulate it, but the advantage is because when you stumble on goats, you stumble yeah. on more than one. That's the good thing. Yeah, yeah. So if you observe the herd, you can look at usually the ones right at the front are usually the... Um, dominant the older ones yeah. so the younger ones tend to be middle towards the end oh good point yeah. so if you look at the females in the middle you can kind of compare them to the others in the herd so yeah. you can see the ones which are not as big it's 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 very hard to articulate but yeah, you can look yeah. at it and know that one right there yeah and you'd go for it right i know, I know i'd never pass up a, a goat hunt they're awesome i just love goats like to love hunting them sometimes when you shoot them you can get a couple of them and uh, yeah. the problem is since awesome. i've hunted deer i haven't gone on a goat hunt in three years oh no i yeah. know <laughs> uh, i haven't but i reckon if you were on a deer hunt and you saw some nice little tasty little goats would you would you blow cover there no or would you still go really that would be difficult yeah that would be difficult <laughs> i think if it was a goat i probably would pull the trigger yeah, <laughs> but the funny thing, you rarely see goats in deer country. That's the thing. I mean, at least where I hunt, it's either goat country or de- except Pennsylvania, which is yeah, yeah. It's the only one that seems everyone knows that. But yeah. I hardly go there because of the hunting pressure. Just before we finish up, what have you noticed been in the differences of been uh, obviously hunting? We, how old, how old were you when you came here? Twenty. Twenty. So when you're obviously back in your home country, what are the main differences? Do you think? I guess and. and no specific way, but what are the major differences between, say, hunting here and hunting over there? Like terrain, obviously, would be a lot different. Anything else that really stands out being different hunting there than here? Or since you started your hunting career in Australia also? Subjectively, what I would basically think, once you navigate all the hazards, and by the hazards I mean the predators and all that sort of yeah. thing, the animals over there seem to be way more flighty, way more um, aware, way more, and especially the deer species because they're in bigger groups. Yeah. So that means you have to be able to take longer shots yeah. because you just won't be able to get into a lot of these. You've got clo- more eyes looking exactly. for you, you know, to defend the herd. Now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you have to be able to take longer shots. And, um, and, and the fact that it's native, so you obviously have to, it, it, it's a very different mindset than yeah. hunting an introduced species here. So if you're hunting native, you also have to hunt the right animal. It's not just stumbling on a herd and just shooting. You yeah. have to know which one it is. You can stumble on a herd of 100, but the only two out of those ones you can legally shoot. That's right, yeah. yeah. Can, can I just ask, like in um, Uganda, was it? Yeah. You're saying? What, what are the gun laws like there? Can you use any gun you want to shoot uh, you know, you, uh, an animal? Yeah, that's, a good, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Yes, basically, if you're licensed to own... So they license guns in, over there, do they? Yes, yeah. and you apply through the um, the po- local police. Right. So once you get a license, that's it. The only thing you can't get are explosive stuff like the yeah. RPG, but you can get anything... Oh, even, right. even I'm moving to Uganda, guys. Sounds like Australia can take a lesson. It's called, it's called the Ugandan hunting exactly. podcast now. Yeah. So. <laughs> because even the firearms you can't own in the US that you can UHP, own. You can own fully, fully automatic as well. So. Yeah. Can you? Well, that's what you need for a mob of goats. Yeah. Oh, man. You, <laughs> exactly. I'm going to call this the UHP now. Exactly. Instead of so a- when are you going to organize a hunting trip for all of us to go to Uganda <laughs> yeah. with you? Yeah. <laughs> Sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We need an, an, exactly. Yeah, a local native that knows the language, yeah, yeah, knows yeah. who to talk to. You know? That's it. That's it. So, that, so that's basically the, the 
stayed there and we don't have all the issues you have here yeah, where yeah, you know yeah. it's just have you been back in a while have you been back I was there for this Christmas, but only for two weeks. That was not long enough. So I just went there to... to family? Family and... Are you fa- have you got any family here or just nah, you? Just what, what made you come to Australia? I came as the a student. The deer hunting. No, I came, I came as, a, as a university student. So I was a, um, a student on a student visa when I initially came, but yeah. I was based in Canberra, like I said. Do you think you'll go back home? No, do you think, or you think you'll stay here, or what do you uh, think? Definitely, at some point, yeah, it's definitely, definitely the plan. Yeah. What to go home? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm here for my productive life. So why not? Why not? Good <laughs> on you, man. Well, Bongay joins us here on AHP, mate. This has been a long one. This has been awesome. Yeah. We might even put this out into a uh, a full podcast. It's been about 51 yeah. minutes. That's go awesome. And I, I did want to interview you, you before. When I saw you, I thought, yes, <laughs> perfect time because I did. When I did speak yeah. to Muzz, you know, Muzz from the yes, my, uh, Muzz, co-host, yeah. and we, he said, you've got to get Bongo on the show, you know, talk about his experience. I thought, no, he's right. So I was going to contact you. When I saw no, you now, I thought, no it's like the gods that have aligned for us. <laughs> yeah. and uh, You've just together. scratched the surface. Exactly. <laughs> and if we're not, we, I'm, I'm not sure if we're going to do it this year because it's been a pretty hectic year. No worries. We are going to do a hunt for an AHP, so mm-hmm. hopefully, even if it's you want to get, you know, it's not going to be like a, you mm-hmm. know, a full-fledged, you know, hunt. We are going to try and get out on our own and go hunting, yeah. but we're going to get probably 10 people and, you know, no. get around, talk about experiences, no. do a bit of hunting. Um, you know, if people want to go out all day, go out all day. That's right um, down my you know, alley. Yeah, yeah. Go, go for a hunt if you only want to go, you know, if you don't want to, you know, if you're a hunter even, you just want to do a little bit of hunting, we're okay with that too. It's going to be more of a, mm-hmm. a get together and experience and have a chat about, you know, different cultures, different foods. Yeah. And bring foods that I'm we can right share down. and stuff and yeah. that's going to be awesome. So. Yeah, I might, I might even invite Sean here. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'd <laughs> like to. Be, I'd like to come. Would you like to come? Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, Definitely, yeah. I'm down because what I want to try and do in 2018 that will be my New Year's resolution. I want to try and have a, like a beast feast um, type of barbecue. I want to try and get one animal I've hunted every liter- so every species of deer, yeah, camel, magpie geese. And just have it on one spread. So literally everything that Australia has to offer on one spread. So And that's what it's all about, yeah. isn't it? I find that's what I really enjoy. Like when I have got a bunch of friends and some of them can't go, I don't get pissy, but I mm-hmm. get like, you know, they go, oh, I can't go. And it's like, oh, why don't you just go with the other person? I'm like, yeah, I am <laughs> going to go with that person. But it's it's a camaraderie thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. It's a, I want as many of my good friends there as I can possibly I get because it's not just the hunting for me. It's getting away, not having... Like we've got phones here, exactly. not having a screen in our face. Just that's what I, I, I enjoy that just as much as I enjoy hunting, getting away friends. I know because to me, like I said, I don't. I'm not shy about it. Everywhere I go, even at my work, they know that I hunt. So even yeah. when I do Good. go on a hunting trip, my screensaver will be gone hunting, literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I initially started, just to wrap it up, like you said, this was a management consulting firm right in the middle of Sydney. So you can imagine most of them had no exposure yeah. to hunting, no exposure to firearms. So initially, they did not know what to make of it. There's this guy and then, then they're going, from Uganda too, should exactly. we be worried? Or yeah. <laughs> exactly. Shock, you know? But because Culture of shock. Venison Diplomacy, I was telling you, so every time I would go on a hunt, I would make like these small things and bring them into work. So samplers. Yeah, yeah. So that's how you win them over. But so yeah. when I left that work... Um, so every every year when we had Secret Santa, whoever was my Secret Santa yeah. always gave me a hunting cookbook. So oh, great. I don't know who it was. <laughs> awesome. I was there for 10 years. Yeah. So when I had to awesome. leave, they actually gave me a voucher to go and buy yeah. a, um, a Bushnell Ultra Legend um, binoculars. And those things oh, were like great. 700 bucks. So, oh, wow. That's so awesome. So by the time I'd left, they knew about it. 
they're open to it. Yeah. It's awesome when you actually get them to come back and actually give you like a gift card to yeah. go exactly. buy something hunting. That's awesome. Yeah. They're exactly. giving you a hint. They want you to keep getting meat for them. Exactly. Yeah. So That's venison diplomacy, yeah. yeah. All it is is to buy you off to get them more meat. That's yeah, always yeah. what it is, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. So if there's anything you can do is just share some of that meat around, it, it breaks yeah. barriers. I like that philosophy. It's, it's a really good one to have, I think. Yeah, and yeah. I've, I've always I thought that about you. I've, I've never sort of had that... How can I explain this the best way? Like, when I spoke to you before, you seem very, it's almost like the whole experience for you is organic. Does that make sense? It, 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 you know? it, it, it definitely is. You know? the, way, the way you hunt, the way mm-hmm. you present yourself, the way you, I've never sort of come across yeah. that before. Because I'm not sanctimonious about it as well, so I yeah. won't go to someone <laughs> who doesn't hunt and I, I'll never point that out, that yeah. you eat factory found. But to me, basically, I just like the whole thing. Going out, mm. organic, having a fridge full of venison, pheasant, duck, and this is everything that I can account for. It's death, it's process. I know everything about it. You yeah. remind me of my, one of my other friends uh, who I go duck hunting with, and he's very similar as well. Like He doesn't let anything go to waste. No. He's, he, but he's, he's Israeli, but he's a bit different, but yeah. obviously different from a different area. But he's the same too. Like He loves to eat the, exactly. the liver, he loves to eat the kidneys, he loves to eat the heart. Everything. He just He's really he'll go. Oh, oh if we're going to get a magpie geese, you'll say for an example. I'd say he did it or so whatever it is we're hunting yeah. at the time, whatever it be. He's like, oh, we'll, we'll, let's get the we'll, let's get the breasts out. We're going to cook it up exactly. now. Have, have you got any spices we can put on it with a bit of oil? We'll cut them up and yeah. fry them off. And as a, he's always yeah, trying it as a parting shot. Like it's it, it, random trivia. So you know, if you buy a sausage from Woolworths or Coles, do you know how many animals are in that? Probably about twenty. How much sawdust yeah. is in there too? Thanks. Literally, they would say, on average, they can test the DNA and you'll get no less than 400 animals in there. Because, yeah. wow. because if you look at where they're made, yeah. at the end of the day, they just put all the offcuts into one big drum. Yeah, so if they have yeah. processed 100 animals that day, you have 100 offcuts from 100 different animals yeah, going yeah. into that one sausage. So that's obviously, you can't have accountability. But when you make your sausage, it's from one animal, one everything. So yeah. it's all part of that. But like I said, I'm not sanctimonious about it. So. <laughs> well, mate, thanks for your time no joining worries. me here on AHP. Mate, I appreciate it. I always cool. wanted to get you on. Mars is always saying, you know, I was saying, yeah, I know, I'm getting on to Where it. Where is then, he? <laughs> oh, he's actually, he's a bit lazy at the moment. He's, uh, his, his wife's party was last night, and I think he might be sleeping hangover. off a hangover possibly. So <laughs> that's all right. No, he helps me out a lot. So I've got to give him a break sometime. <laughs> You know what I mean? And uh, you know, no Michael's, Michael's, Michael's part of the crew here too, so Michael's been walking yeah. around. I think he's been doing a bit more shopping, haven't you, Michael? What's going on, no. mate? You know, He's been working hard, so oh. what, have, what have you been doing, mate? What have you been buying? Uh, just buying a whole, a whole heap of products around here. Anyway, that's all right. We're going to go and finish off. No and, worries. Uh, thanks, Bongo, mate. Hopefully we can uh, chat again soon, no shake worries. your hand, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. No worries. Have a good one. You've been listening to an episode of the Australian Hunting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time.